I'm Amy, and you're listening to the Creativity Matters Podcast. Today on the Creativity Matters Podcast, three things and cake. Here we go. You're listening to the CMP, a Creativity Matters Podcast. Stories of creative journey and a reminder that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Creativity Matters Podcast. I'm Amy, and this is episode 353. Three things. Tell me three things. It was the name of a YA book that I recently read. You don't need to read the book, but the idea of that, that simple thing, tell me three things, that really struck me. The two characters were communicating through text or chat, getting to know each other, and they would start each time with tell me three things, three things, three things out of all the things, all the things. Three things gives you the chance to be pithy, to be funny, to be sardonic, to be sparkly, to be witty, to be wise, to be mysterious, or to be real. When asked for three things, you can pick and choose. Of course you can. You have so many options. You only need three Three things can be very simple, very straightforward, very spur of the moment, but three things can take you all kinds of places. What might make your list of three things might vary based on who you're going to tell, who asked. If things are not going well, you might still carefully choose three neutral things. You can still answer. You don't have to say, ugh awful and choose three other things, three neutral things, three sunny statements. You can pick and choose. Life is full of all kinds of games, all kinds of games like this that we don't even necessarily think of as games. We don't always think we're gamifying something and yet we're picking and choosing. We're picking and choosing. But in the scenarios where there is ongoing connection and trust or friendship, or a developing friendship, tell me three things. Tell me three things. It's an invitation. Tell me three things about today. Tell me three things about today. Tell me three things about this week. Tell me three things that matter to you right now. Tell me three things. And then I'll tell you three things too. And we can go back and forth. Tell me three things. It's a very interesting thing. It's at once very open and freeform and controllable. It's manageable. And yet you might feel like tell me three things makes you feel a little bit uncertain or nervous or stressed. Three things. You have to narrow everything down to three. I read an article last week about an interviewer who said, tell me about yourself is the only question you ever really need as a conversation starter or in an awkward conversation. Tell me about yourself. Three things. I think I must be just too wordy for three things. I either fall in the I can't think of three category or I think of a hundred. I think of a hundred or a thousand. I think I'm in that camp often. Three things can take you into the microcosm, the granular, or it can take you 
to the big picture. It can let you zoom out, zoom so far out that even the surface is far away. After reading the book, I noticed that there are three things, check-ins that go on in social media. I never really paid attention to the fact that some of those things I see are versions of tell me three things. And I wonder about three things, about the difference in one and three or three and five. You're feeling like an eyeglass exam now, right? Is this better or this? One or two, two or three, three or one. So three things, one or three or five. Gratitude journals are often one, one line or three. A lot of people do three. I wonder about starting every day and writing three things. Not in the context of gratitude, just writing three things. Or at the end of the day, three things. Or at noon, three things. Set a timer and let it alert you to jot down your three things. Three things. Checking in with yourself. What three things rise to the top? If you don't fence yourself in, and if it's only for you and not for everyone else, what three things would you write down? Three things out of the infinite number of things you might write. Three concrete sentences that rise up, spring forth to the page when you check in with yourself. When you stop and you say, okay, three things, and you just let those things out. Let them tumble to the page. Are you even free enough that you can do that? That you can just let them tumble uncensored? It is really not easy. You need to go back to the free writing mentality, to writing down the bones and Natalie Goldberg, to just let those things fall out. What would they be? Three concrete sentences that rise up, spring forth to the page. Checking in with yourself or with a friend. Pick a friend. Try it. Pick a friend. Make an agreement, know what you're doing, and do it once a day for a week or for a month. Three things. There's so many things coming up right now. It is April 1. So many things. So many things. More than three, but so many things. In the creative world, in that landscape, there are so many things. The 100-day project starts tomorrow, technically. This show may not be out tomorrow, but it does start tomorrow. And many of you, many of us, are doing that, or at least starting out with good intent and conviction, which is the way to start. You have to start out believing you can do it, believing you will do it, believing you want to do it, and feeling really confident about what you're doing. Confident enough that you're willing to claim it, to own it. If you're kind of embarrassed to say what you're doing, it should send off all kinds of warning bells that it might not be the right project. I did a lot of thinking, a lot of back and forth on this one. I didn't necessarily think I was going to do a 100-day project this year, just sort of toying with it. And then all of a sudden, I was really thinking about it. I do kind of like the structure that a challenge gives. I am already going to be drawing every day 
So it's not that hard to consider and contemplate layering on whatever it will take to bring about a 100-day project. But I do know that it doesn't always work. So I gave it some thought, definitely. And I've got a post on the blog with some of that thinking. And ironically, ironically, I actually think that I ended up deciding to do something that when I wrote about it, I sort of shrugged off as too easy, not complicated enough. And that's a little bit of a surprise. It's a good reminder, though. Don't ever rule things out. Go ahead and let yourself brainstorm all kinds of ideas. And then just see what settles, see how things fall. I think I'm actually combining a couple of my ideas into one and also going with something that will be less time intensive. Some of my plans might have been the opposite of that. What I'm planning on doing, I think, will fit into several different things. Several of the things that I want to do and plan to do and would like to be better at doing and it will just fit. I actually think it's going to be fun and relaxing. Will it be a true showcase of stellar skill? I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt it, but that's okay. I'm still excited about it. Others are doing the one week 100 people challenge, which starts April 8, I think. And I'm planning to do that one too. And I think my projects will sync up in a way that will work. That was part of my thought process, part of what I wanted to make sure would happen. Same thing with index card a day in June and July. I wanted to give myself room to be able to hit all of these, all of these challenges and all of these spaces that I do like to be in. In deleting photos off my phone over the weekend, which I seem to do with some regularity, it's a little bit scary. I was way back at the beginning again. I do have a tendency to take a bunch of photos of what I'm working on or what I'm drawing. And I really can go back and I hate to, but I can go back and just delete until I only have one of everything that will help. So I was back at the beginning of this phone, I guess. And I saw phone pics from when I did the one week, 100 faces challenge one week, 100 people, I guess it is, in 2017. And I did faces mostly, but not all. And I was so new to portraits, really new. And I did a combination of real life and from photos, from phone photos, to fulfill that challenge. 100 in a week, it's a five-day week, so it's an average of 20 a day. For some people, I guess maybe it's really not that difficult, depending on how gestural you are with your drawing, how fast you draw. The way I draw isn't like that. So doing that challenge was very different. At the time, it really synced up with my interest in graphic novel style work, a journal I do, the zine that I always have kind of in play, and cartooning. So it fit, what I was doing fit with all of those things, not necessarily with the kind of portraits I draw every day. But 20 a day was hard for me. It was hard. It was hard to fit it all in. Not that they were great. You have to work to get 20. And it's amazing to look back at those pages. I probably should be embarrassed when I look back at them, but I'm not really. I'm more surprised when I look at them. And 
I also look at them and think, wow, I didn't. Look at that. There are several pages there full of these super, super fast sketches. I still don't do from life drawing. Not really. And I am okay with that. I'm realizing that's not really where my interest lies. But I can tell in looking at these how far I've come. How much I've grown. I look at all of those portraits from late 2016 and then into 2017. And there is just a world of difference. I still do things differently than others. I still don't work in color all that often. I'm not ever going to get the popular vote or win a popularity contest. And there are zillions of people who are incredibly talented and far more skilled than I will ever be. But I can tell how far I've come. I can tell how far I've come. I can tell how much I've grown. I know that I was just the very beginning of something back then that I had no idea would be as meaningful to me as it is now. Such a part of who I am now creatively. I still have eyes that come out wonky. I have nose issues sometimes, a lot of times. I have ear issues. But I love hair. And I enjoy glasses and reflection and the hint of a collar. I love hair. Back at hair. I actually really love doing eyes, even if they don't come out great. And I love hatching. I love hatching. No matter how many times I think I will do things differently, I love to hatch. I love to watch those lines take shape, to cross each other, to darken and deepen. I just love it. Two years of near-daily portraits, near-daily portrait drawing, makes a huge difference. It's like exercise, though. I'm a bit scared to stop. A bit scared to stop and lose it. Get out of practice. Get out of shape. There is that fear when you really, really, really deep dive. You're entrenched in something specific or some project or medium, some theme. And you want to do other things, but you know that if you stop, you really will get out of practice. You probably will. You stay so fluid and so loose because you do it over and over and over again. One cheerful book to share today just to round things out and a cheerful book is good because tell me three things I am going to pick and choose I'm going to pick and choose and you probably won't get the real story or the whole story you're going to get the sunny and sparkly I think and so today's book is a good fit with that it's smile worthy that's what it is and it's called cake by Myra Kalman, and with recipes by Barbara Scott Goodman. This collection contains Myra's characteristic, high-color, fun, whimsical paintings, all with a cake focus. Many of them are anchored in personal memory of cakes from her childhood, like her ninth birthday, or through the years. And then there are recipes. And I can honestly say I am not a cake person. Although there are certain kinds of cake, certain kind of cakes that I do like and enjoy and just like in concept. 
I don't think I eat cake very often at all, but there are certain kinds of cake that really do catch my fancy. So I really loved looking at this, regardless of whether or not I actually eat a lot of cake. I loved looking at it. Kalman's work always makes me smile. Or maybe it's her handwriting and the way she phrases things that always makes me smile. Or maybe it's just the combination. There's something so whimsical about her work. I'm always so enchanted. So enchanted. There's something so wonderful and I don't know. It's not simply happy because I find her very interesting when you read about her and the things she says. But there's something about it. The way she phrases things, I do love. I really do. I do like that lemon pound cake is first in this book, and that is one I would eat. The book is an interesting mix between Myra's illustration and storytelling and the recipes. It isn't a one-to-one. There's not a one-to-one correlation. Here's an illustration, and here's a recipe that goes with it. You might expect that, and that's not what this is. There are batches of Kalman's work, her paintings interspersed throughout. Some of those paintings have stories that go along with them. So you'll get stories and illustrations, for example, like the broken heart cake or the talking cure cake, but those don't match up to actual cakes or to recipes in this book. They are just stories about cakes. When you look at the table of contents, too, you see only a list of the 17 actual recipes. Kalman's cakes of memory and philosophy are not specifically called out. So it's an unusual little volume. It really is. You have to flip through it. It definitely, there's not a real clear pattern of two drawings, two paintings, one recipe. It's not like that. You have to flip through it. It's charming. It's charming. You walk away from the stories and the illustrations with a feeling that cake is somehow a glue that binds people together, that cake can be used to show love, to heal heartache, to signal togetherness or routine or family. Quote, every Sunday they ate a lemon pound cake and made plans for the week. End quote. What a wonderful image that is. What a wonderful moment. That routine every week, sitting down with a cake and planning out the week together. It's pretty special. And that's pretty whimsical. Quote, the pavlova dazzled them all. The air was pale pink and all cares melted away. End quote. That's a beautiful double-page illustration that appears before the pavlova recipe. If you are a Kalman fan and or love to bake or eat cake, you'll want to check this one out. The 17 cakes included, for those of you who are mouthwateringly interested in the cake itself, lemon pound cake with lemon glaze, coffee cake with streusel, Carrot cake with cream cheese frosting, chocolate layer cake with chocolate frosting, flourless chocolate cake, mitschlag, coconut layer cake, pavlova with fresh berries, strawberry and blueberry shortcakes, yellow layer cake with salt caramel glaze, cheesecake, pistachio almond pound cake, olive oil cake, honey cake, plum tort, gingerbread cake, white layer cake with buttercream frosting. 
And I actually really love that that sounds like such a wholesome and basic list in some way. Those don't all sound crazy or exotic or fancy. They sound like down-to-earth cakes that you can make at any time and share and eat and enjoy. And I find that pretty compelling. I really love that so many of those sound like really basic cakes. So I hope you'll check it out. And you should tell me, you should tell me in your three things, in your three things for right now, you should include what your favorite cake is or your favorite memory of cake. I am the art. The art is me. And that is it for today. That is it for episode 353. It is on the short side. I think that's a good thing. I wanted to touch base. I wanted to talk about the three things in getting ready for this. I sat in the car one day and I snapped two photos of someone walking up the street, which ended up being a fulcrum for my 100-day project. And then I used a pad of post-its because I was contemplating something, which I still have a few hours to decide about. But on those post-its, I jotted down my three things. My three things for right then. I think it's a good thing to do. I think I'm going to try to make that something I do this month, maybe. And I think you should too. As always, I'm Amy, and you can reach me at creativitymatterspodcast at gmail.com. The show notes are available on the creativitymatterspodcast.com website. The music I play is courtesy of Nikolai Hadless. You can find me at Instagram as oamyoamy. And I really hope you'll join me there. And please, if you do, say hi and say, I know about you from the podcast so that I am sure I follow you back because I sometimes can't tell. So I hope you'll do that. I would definitely don't want to feel like I'm snubbing anyone ever. I would not do that intentionally. And I have been snubbed more than once in the last many months and it hurts and it stings. So just tell me you're there and I will follow you back. If you are willing to listen to me, I definitely want to be following you on Instagram too. Thank you to those of you who support the show at Patreon, patreon.com slash creativity matters. And I will tuck in a word. I wasn't going to, but I will tuck in a word and I'm going to make it something that I don't think will be confusing. So I just looked around, which is how I do this. I'm so prepared in advance for this. Not. I looked around and what I settled on is guitar. Say it again. Guitar. So, if you heard the word, I love knowing that you hear the words. Until next time, remember that creativity matters in whatever form it takes for you. Don't let everyone else's rules box you in. Remember that it doesn't really matter how much you have or how much money you have. You really can use what you have, and you really can be beautifully creative, beautifully creative, with very minimal and very humble supplies. Be you. And don't forget to breathe. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>